Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kitzrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, done it, you got with punishment. Now we just got with it, but you hear what we come to win. Others in love with the drug and this family just running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them coming in. What's up, everybody? Welcome to 48 Minutes, episode 11. I'm one of your hosts, Alex Erickson, joined this week by Tim Daniel. I get to talk about LeBron today. Oh, we do. And joining us to talk about LeBron today is the editor from Golden Domer Daily and contributor at AmicoHoops.net and the 94 Feet Report, Mr. Ben Belden. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm glad that I got a couple minutes to actually sit down and record a podcast. I'm looking forward to it. You're, you're lucky to get those couple minutes before we started as well. Typically, it's as soon as they join the room, it's record. Hello, welcome to 48 Minutes. You know, it's just straight off the top. First question. I'm kidding. This is 48 Minutes. It does post each and every week on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And if you like what you hear and you want to hear more and you never want to miss an episode, you can subscribe. Please, subscribe. Write us a review. Rate us five stars on iTunes. Help us in... Apple's complicated algorithm where we are currently the 10th most popular NBA podcast from Cincinnati with the number 48 in the title that is hosted by three people between the ages of 20 and 30 in the Cincinnati area. Ben. Yes. A lot of things have happened. They sure have. Th- things things have changed. The landscape of, of Cleveland, minus the anchor point of LeBron, has, has shifted as, as Kyrie requested the trade, and at his request has been traded to basically conference rival Boston, and kind of an unprecedented move. Uh, how, how'd you feel coming out of that trade and heading into the season? Has your opinion of, of this upcoming Cavs season changed, or is it basically just, you know, we have LeBron, we're fine? To a certain extent, it's we have LeBron, we're fine. I think that... From a Cavalier standpoint, when that unbelievable piece of news came down that re- that Kyrie requested that trade, you know, the immediate thought was panic. And then, you know, after that, then you start to rationalize things. Like, you know, we don't have to trade Kyrie until we get the perfect offer for him. He's under contract. So at least from my standpoint, I kind of calmed down. And then to answer your actual question about that trade, you know, I think that... It was a good trade for the Cavs, like, and I think it was a tr- good trade for both teams, actually. And I think the Cavaliers got things that they want. They were able to add Derrick Rose, who I am not ready to write off yet. I've never really been ready to write off Derrick Rose. I understand that you know he's only played you know in a maximum of like sixty games the last however many years. But if there was a team Ten. that, yeah, <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're right. Sixty you're right. games in the last ten years. You're right, um, but. Um, if there's a team that Derrick Rose could play for, I guess, that's going to uh, save him and allow him to sit on certain games, I think it's probably the Cavs. And I think he's going to be in a good position. And I, I just like the pieces that the Cavs got. And I'm sure I'm diving into stuff that we're all going to talk about here in a little bit, so I won't shoot my whole shot before before that happens. <laughs> no, no, man, it's conversational. We can make stuff up as we go along. We always do anyway. Yeah, well, so... I don't know. I, I think that uh, the Cavaliers are going to be all right at the point guard position, I guess, to sum up what I'm saying, even with Isaiah Thomas's injury. 
and uh, you know, and then we'll, they'll go from there. And I think Jay Crowder is a big piece, and I don't know exactly what they'll do with that first round pick, but I, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of things they could do. Would you be mad? We we have this discussion uh, on on our Lakers episode, which which you will be able to listen to by the time this one posts as well. Uh, that D'Angelo Russell in in a in a far more advantageous Eastern Conference could just by chance just take Brooklyn by storm and just you know, tank the value of that Nets pick. I think that Brooklyn's going to be... How mad would you be? Well, I mean, I, I'm not... It's not that I'm... It's not that I'd be real mad because I could see it happening. It, it would be different if it came out of left field, but I think that Brooklyn is going to be... I don't know if much improved is necessarily the word, but I think they're going to be better. Even if they're the sixth worst team in the NBA, I mean, they still... That doesn't mean that we're stuck at the, the sixth pick. I mean, it is a lottery for a reason, theoretically. Right. <laughs> Unless the kid from Chicago so happens to be going into the draft and the Bulls have a 0.1% chance of winning the lottery. Hey, 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 1.9. 1.9, sorry, sorry. Oh, they had 10 times that chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Ben, um, I wrote a really good, I wrote an article that I was actually really proud of on 48MinutesNetwork.com about when the Cavs go small ball. And I put the ideal situation there as ITJR. G, uh, Jay Crowder, LeBron, Kevin Love. And I think that that is the, one of the most awesome small ball groups you can have. How effective do you think that team will go when they go to their quote-unquote death lineup? I think it's going to be something to see for sure. And I think that you bring up a really good point that they have, you know, they have a couple different small ball lineups that they can go to now. Um, last year when LeBron played the four and Kevin Love played the five, albeit they didn't do it a whole lot of minutes, their net rating, and I don't know that we're right off the top of my head, but their net rating was just very, very good. It was almost through the roof. And I think that's going to be something that you see a lot more often this year um, as you move forward because you have to, you know, now you don't have the Kyrie Irving to carry the Cavaliers' scoring load as much, so you're going to need more scoring out of Kevin Love, and you're just going to have to spread it around a little bit more. And I think that playing Kevin Love along with LeBron James at the four and the five is going to be able to do that. And then obviously you've got Jay Crowder that can, you know, guard the four on one end, play the three on the other type of a deal. And there's just a lot of things that you can do. And then lastly, I think that against like certain lineups, so if you're worried about, say, the Warriors defensively, you know, you might not even play Isaiah Thomas in that lineup, and you might play like Amon Shumpert or something like that to guard Steph, and then JR matches up really well with Clay, and then, you know, LeBron and Crowder on Kevin Durant and Draymond Green, respectively, and then Kevin Love against the center. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that you can do and a lot of permeations and combinations of lineups that they can put together, and that's what I'm most excited about following this trade, I think. Well, it's interesting you brought up Amon Shumpert because that's been a name all offseason, too, that has been linked to potentially being traded. Um, at one point, there was a report that he requested to be traded, and then immediately it was backtracked. Um, there had been rumors that Amon Shumpert and that, that Brooklyn pick have been discussed for DeMarcus Cousins. Um, where does Amon Shumpert fit into the future of the Cavaliers? I think that at this point, he's probably going to be a Cavalier, at least until the trade deadline next year. I, I think it would be a far cry to say that he's not. Um, I don't think that that Brooklyn pick is going anywhere prior to the season for sure. Now, it could be shipped out maybe at the trade deadline. I don't know. But pretty much the consensus around the Cavs right now 
from every insider that I read and from every like person who's like, and I don't mean to insinuate that I have these great inside sources, but that every person that I've talked to, it's that the Cavaliers need to hold on to that pick in case LeBron leaves next summer, which is obviously the big topic around Cleveland. And unless it's a knock it out of the park, can't miss type of a type of a trade, then they're probably going to hold on to that pick. Now, Things like that have been said in Cleveland all the time, and you know, no, they're not going to you know trade Andrew Rick wins for Kevin Love, and then it happens. <laughs> I mean, so you can't have always take everything exactly at face value, but I don't know. I think that Amon Shumpert fits on this team for right now. I think that if he, you know, he had stretches of the year last year where he was playing really, really well, and especially at the at the beginning of the season, yeah, he did. He kind of tailed off. If you know. If we get the Amon Shumpert at the beginning that we got at the beginning of last season, then he's a valuable asset to this team. And then if he's out there guarding Steph Curry and he can make thirty three percent of his threes, I'm cool with Amon Shumpert. So um, I, I know that his contract isn't great for his value. I still don't think it's bad, to be honest. It's just he's got to live up to it a little bit better. And talking about next year and everything, uh, there's the the rumors that are constantly being floated. LeBron's moving to to L.A. to play with the Lakers. Are you confident that he'll stay? Or are you leaning towards he might leave? I know it's kind of like a 50-50 thing, but just from a personal standpoint, how are you feeling about that? I'm fairly confident that he'll stay, but... I won't be shocked if he leaves. So, what, what's the fan sentiment going to be like if he does that a second time? I think you're always going to have the crazies. So, um, I think that there's some people that don't. You know, I think as fans, fans have to be careful to value people as human beings as much as they value them as like entertainment pieces in their life. And this I, is sports. That doesn't happen. Well, you're right. Absolutely, <laughs> you're 100 percent right. But I think that. You have to take that human element into it a little bit. Um, so, but yeah, like I said, there's going to be the crazies that are going to be just all up in arms. And there's going to be people, and I will be one of them if this happens. Well, he gave us a title. We still have these pieces. We still have Kevin Love. We might bring back Isaiah Thomas. I don't know. And we're still going we're still gonna to be a fun basketball team and to add a high draft pick, maybe. And if we if we're not adding a high draft pick, it's because we've traded it for another piece, and and there we go. So we're gonna have to be an interesting basketball team nonetheless, even if he leaves. And that's really you know all I can ask for, I suppose. But to wrap what I'm saying, I guess I think LeBron James stays because he just has so much in the works in Northeast Ohio. Like he's built a school here. Um, well, he hasn't done it yet, but they're building a school here that is LeBron James. It has LeBron James all over it. It's the I Promise School in Akron Public Schools. He's got a lot of irons in the fire in Northeast Ohio. I know it's 2017, and like LeBron has people to handle stuff for him, and then you know you can jet back and forth all the time. He spends a lot of time in LA already. I get that, but I just think that you know if things go well this year, he stays, and if everything's a tire fire, then he leaps. And, and I don't think LeBron necessarily knows yet. I think any report that says that he's going to leave is just kind of ridiculous at this point. I, I, I genuinely think that LeBron has no idea himself. I'm 100% on he opts out, but I'm with you on the 50 Oh, he's 50. absolutely opting out. That's, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, talk a little bit about Isaiah Thomas here, because I think that 
you know, like you said, the package they got for Kyrie Irving is a great package. Ante Zizek has a lot of upside. Uh, Bringing in Jay Crowder, getting that pick. But obviously the centerpiece was Isaiah Thomas. And Alex and I have had this discussion before where we said the smartest thing Kobe Altman did was basically shit on Isaiah Thomas's trade value and free agency value for next year with the, like with all the, the being worried about the trade and making things happen because that's going to make it easier to sign him back. All joking aside, um, he made a point in his Players' Tribune article, and I'm reading it for what he said, from a basketball perspective, being on the Cavs is a match made in heaven. He said, if you've watched my Celtics game last year, you know how many times I had to go through double and even triple teams just to get my shot up. And then he says, you think going, you're really going, uh, you're really going to throw three guys on me when I'm sharing court with the best part on the planet? I don't think so. Now, here's what I think is related to Isaiah Thomas. In that article I mentioned on our website, 48minutesnetwork.com, I made mention of <laughs> the value of a replacement player. LeBron was third behind Harden and Westbrook, and Isaiah Thomas was 15th. So he very well could be Kyrie Light in this situation. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I think that, you know, what Isaiah hit on in that article made a lot of sense. I mean, I think that's almost, uh, I don't know, it's almost redundant to say that, that it made a lot of sense because it's just so obvious that it's it's a good fit. Anytime a good player matches with a good player, that's that's good. I think that, uh, you know, Isaiah Thomas isn't necessarily quite as good at this, the catch and shoot like Kyrie is. Um, obviously he's smaller. So we talk about Kyrie Irving's defensive type deficiencies and Kyrie Irving has three, four inches on Isaiah Thomas. Um, but I think that as far as what you were going to get from Kyrie Irving, Isaiah Thomas is great. And, you know, you get Isaiah Thomas plus Jay Crowder plus Zizic plus that pick. I mean, like I, like I said at the top of the show, I think that it was a great pick, a great trade and a great fit as well um Isaiah Thomas is not gonna go completely rogue as much as Kyrie Irving did and I'm I'm here for that so I don't know I I can't really knock the trade too much and then like your point which was a very good one that Kobe Altman basically talked about how hurt Isaiah Thomas is well you know if we don't get Isaiah Thomas back from you know until the all-star break let's say then maybe when you're going to re-sign him, then maybe you get lucky and you re-sign him at a discount or, um, you know, or it's a another deal where he's signing like maybe a one-in-one and we'll see how it goes type of a thing. And then that allows us a little bit more flexibility to go out and get somebody else or something of that nature. So maybe you're not paying Isaiah Thomas that big number um, and you're the Cavs, you're not the Celtics at this point, and the Celtics were worried about like what he had done for the Celtics and having to pay a big number even after you know him being injured. The Cavaliers don't have that, I guess, baggage in those negotiations. Like, you haven't done squat for us, basically, is what they, you can say to him, um, and be somewhat legitimate in that, in that sentiment. So I think that had a lot to do with it as well. So, Ben, um, real quick, real question here. Isaiah Thompson is wearing three, which is pretty cool. He hasn't worn that in the league. But what happens when Dwayne Wade comes to town? <laughs> um, well, that is a great question. Maybe you trade Amon Shumpert for uh, Dwayne Wade, and then and then uh, Thomas takes four back, and then Wade goes with three. I don't know. But if you trade Shumpert for Wade, that would require Gar Foreman and Jackson. <laughs> to make a trade that could ostensibly benefit the organization. And that's 
that's not what they're about. Yeah, I, I know that's a sore subject for uh, for Tim and, and some <laughs> of you guys as well. So, oh, no, we, we we have a whole segment based around it. We we will get there. <laughs> you you are involved, so do okay. not worry. All right. Uh, but it's, well, on the topic of front office, front offices, I guess if if you're looking at Cleveland's front office, to you, what do you think is more important? Uh, in an effort to, you know, when LeBron opts out to kind of like retain, is it, look, we can beat the Warriors today? Or is it, hey, we can consistently make the finals for the next five years in a shit conference, but also maybe at least take the Warriors to six or seven every single year until the Warriors, you know, have to reload with all their contract magic eventually running out. So, I mean, so... Short short question is, do you think it's more important to win in this very moment, or do you think it's important to kind of like stretch that out to make sure you can win consistently over the next few seasons? Um, to sidestep the question a little bit, I can say both, kind of. I think, How dare you? <laughs> I think that, and this isn't exactly answering the question, but it kind of is. I think that one of the main reasons I don't think LeBron's going to L.A. is like, LeBron's all about his legacy, right? So, you know, part of his legacy isn't necessarily going to be that he won six finals, probably, most likely, um, although things can happen. But one really huge resume thing that, you know, he can put on his resume is that made, you know, 12 straight finals or something like that. So right. why would you put that in jeopardy to go to the Western Conference where you not, might not even be making the finals anymore? Uh, you're going to have to go through... Well, it's a situation where, I mean, LeBron's a winner wherever he goes, right? Like, he's going to make whatever team he's on just that much, like, exponentially Absolutely. better. So, but, like, in a situation where he goes to Los Angeles, obviously LeBron's not going to be the only one that goes to the Lakers. He's going to bring somebody else with him, let's be honest. So you're you're talking, you know, Lonzo sure. Ball, you know, Dwayne Wade maybe, LeBron, you know, those young pieces that the Lakers have with Brandon Ingram and Julius Randle, and some of those pieces are probably going to get packaged to trade it for somebody else. Um, and then I don't know what other stars are going to align. Chris Paul, I have no flipping idea. Russell Westbrook. Paul Russell George. Westbrook, Paul George, yeah. So, I mean... It's almost impossible to predict who all is going to be out there if LeBron goes. But, like, honestly, is a lineup of, you know, Lonzo Ball, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Paul George, and whoever the heck the Lakers play at center, is that really that much better than Isaiah Thomas, uh, J.R. Smith, LeBron, Kevin Love, and Tristan Thompson? I don't know. Maybe you can make the argument it is, but I don't think it's overwhelmingly better to the point where you look at that lineup and you say, like, that team is going to beat the Warriors. Um, so, I don't know. I, that's that's my main argument for LeBron staying, one of my main arguments for LeBron staying in, in Cleveland. Um, so I think that that pitch is kind of, you know, what they go for. I think I want him to stay more now just so Bill Simmons is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I like so- Bill Simmons. Yeah, I mean, uh, he his homerism for Boston. You can say you don't, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, I do and I don't. I mean, I admire the work that he's done, but then he goes with a sports take that I don't like, and it's like, it's like mm-hmm. one step forward and two steps back with him and me, I feel like, a lot of the time. So, um, I, I don't know. His Boston homerism irks me a little bit. 
I think he really wants the Lakers and Celtics to be, like, a thing again. And that's why he keeps saying, like, he knows the Celtics are going to be good. He knows that LeBron leaves the Cavs. The Celtics are the best team in the East. And then the Lakers might be there in the West as well. So I I think that might be where that comes from, and that would make a lot of sense. That would be fun to cover again, I think. And that's kind of what he's hoping for. So, um, Checker said, Alex definitely has this segment coming up. I always let him have it unless he doesn't make a season preview. But I do want to ask you this, because I also know the new Nike stuff's coming out. Um, I love the new Cavs unis. I think they're my favorite of everyone that got new ones, actually. Um, And there's a rumor that in the five, every team's going to have a throwback. Do you want to have the classic black with the blue stripes Sean Kemp Tyrone Hill style? No doubt about it. You mean the Trinjan Langdon style? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. No doubt about it. Absolutely. That would be the one that I want. I've been saying, you know, and I don't, you know... I don't spend a lot of my time tweeting about jerseys and things, but, like, man, the Cavaliers' black jersey, like, that was the first jersey I bought. I bought a Wesley Person. Nice! And, like, Wesley Person was, like, my first favorite basketball player ever. And whenever I was, I don't know how old I was, six, seven, eight, nine years old, watching Cavs basketball, I was watching Wesley Person and then I went out in my basketball or on my basketball court outside and in my hoop in my driveway and just started jacking threes because that's what Wesley Person did. So um, I don't know. So absolutely yes, and I bet you I still have that jersey somewhere. I even like one Christmas made my my parents get me one of those personalized ones that has my last name on it. So nice, three thousand percent yes. So, I'm shocked you didn't have a Terrell Lambert in that time. That's pretty surprising. <laughs> oh, gosh. I... Next question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just toss around Cavs deep cuts. <laughs> so, I, I've, I've been asking during the season previews that I've, I've been a part of on, on 48MinutesNetwork.com on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Plug, plug, plug. Like, subscribe, share. <laughs> Please. Uh, I, I, I've asked every team, you know, representative that that we've had, if they were running the franchise, what non-superstar player would you add to put your team over the hump? However, since you have LeBron, uh, <laughs> what what player, non-superstar again, do you add to the Cavs that? you think would make while well, on the on the topic of LeBron's scooting and scooting or staying, uh what player do you think if the Cavs could just pluck from the NBA, from any roster from obscurity or whatever, and LeBron be like, Oh, we got that guy, I'm staying. So to clarify the question, like does this have to be realistic? Yes. No. No. Okay. No. I mean they have to be current. You can't be like Hakeem Olajuwon. Uh, well yes. But Sure, you can't be like Georgie Marisan, but uh, <laughs> kind of like if how how uh, to to go through you know page through some some archives of Cavs how the Antoine Jameson move where it was more of like a we've got this really good supporting guy to back you up because we want to win and we think this is going to be the guy that gets you there. So who is that guy for you? Man, it's that's hard. Um immediately a guy that came to mind and I don't know, you know, probably I'm going to listen back to this podcast afterwards and think of another guy that I should have picked, but like a guy that I 
love as a basketball player that would fit on the Cavs in a position of weakness, um, CJ McCollum. Oh God. Yeah. Um, and it's great because he's from Northeast Ohio and just the other day. And you know, what made me start thinking about this was him talking about, like he came back and he watched an Ohio state game the other day. I'm not an Ohio state fan, but like he has like this Ohio thing, like in his blood, he retweeted someone that said like, come play for the Cavs. And he retweeted it. And I was like, man, I was like, <laughs> that's just, I was like, man, how, how can we make this work? And, um, I mean, I started talking to some of my buddies about like, if the Cavs put together like a package of like Shumpert and CD Osman or however the heck you say his name and that pick that they got and, you know, maybe Zizic, I don't know, but, um, and they sent that to Portland, um, for McCollum, like who says no, um, I'm not sure who says no. The Cavs might even say no. That might be a little bit much to give up for C.D. Osman if you're giving up like that pick. Um, C.D. Osman, goodness, for C.J. McCollum uh, if you're giving up that pick. I don't know, but um, that because he's an Ohio guy because he's under contract for three years like makes a lot of sense in my book. But you know that's just me speculating, obviously. See, your answer is much better than what, what mine was, because uh, mine was plucked from a off-season on NBA 2K17 in the My GM mode, so sometimes I just like to simulate free agency to see where someone ends up, and during this, what would have been this free agent period, uh, fake Cavs added Nene and Tony Allen. That's I would love that, actually. And I saw those moves. I'm like, those are very Cleveland moves. Yeah, like you mean like old guys past their prime. Just, yeah, to, but like re, like reinforcers. Like uh, the, the what started this question was I I went back on like episode fucking two when we were the corner three. Uh, is the official number two? Uh, fucking two. But uh, <laughs> it was when it was when Boston did the big three with with Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Kevin Garnett. I remember sitting there and being like, they're not going to win. They can't win. That's not going to work. It was when they got James Posey. It was when I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, and I don't know what it was. But it was one of those things where I'm like, they got that guy that's going to round out everybody else on that roster. Yeah. And so I, I try to hunt for that player for every other team. Yeah, I'm sure there's more of a, a guy like that, like the enforcer type that you're talking out there. But right now I'm just struggling to think of you know, who that guy is for the Cavs. I mean, you would think about a two or a center, probably. Um, yeah, definitely a center in my thoughts. Um, yeah. And Nene would make sense for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I I can't think of anybody better off the top of my head. Get you a real nice Kenneth Fareed. Oh, that'd be sick. Yeah, I mean, I was actually, I was actually like talking about when, you know, there were rumors about trading Kevin Love to Denver. I was like, well, Kenneth Fareed, and then those guards have to be, in, a couple of those guards have to be involved in that deal. And, you know, I was getting, um, you know, hyped about the idea of Kenneth Fareed being our backup center because he's the same type of player as Tristan Thompson, arguably, you know, more athletic. So, yeah, that would make a lot of sense. So, this is another Cavaliers, like, unique question we can ask you. Um, as a guy who does podcasts like us, um, would you talk about your favorite NBA podcast, like, I don't know, 48 Minutes? <laughs> Where does road tripping rank for you in your favorite NBA podcast, along with like forty eight minutes? <laughs> well, uh, road tripping is to load the um, question. <laughs> you know, 
I don't know which one's one and which one's two, but they're they're both they're both up there. <laughs> um, well, thank you. Ben, you lie nice. <laughs> lie like a rug, that's what I say. But anyway, um I don't know. I love the Road Trippin' podcast. Um I did too. I haven't listened a whole lot this off season because frankly, um with coaching and writing and podcasting and everything, like I get to a point where I'm on like basketball overload. Um, because I just live, eat, breathe, sleep basketball for like most of the season because of that. Um, so like I, I try to get away from it a little bit. So I haven't listened to them a whole lot. Not that like their podcast is overwhelmingly, you know, is overwhelmingly basketball. It's, it's more than just what happens on the basketball court. Obviously it's, it's far more than that. Um, but it's great to get an insight into the, into those guys. You know, I thought that. I learned a lot about Kyrie Irving whenever they had him on the road trip and podcast. Um, <laughs> Didn't everybody? So like, even the one before, oh. he said like the flat Earth thing. Um, I, and like, why am I like, why am I not smart enough? By the way, to like because like I probably heard that flat Earth comment from from Kyrie like you know thirty minutes after they posted the flipping podcast. It could have been me that like broke that story, and, you know. <laughs> but like, I, I think I was one of the first people because like it was. I don't know, refreshed and came right up and I was like, in a time that I could listen to it and I was like, huh, Kyrie really is kind of weird, isn't he? Um, and then it, it just never dawned on me like, hey, I should maybe write this. And then like two hours later, like Bleacher Report's running with an article about how Kyrie thinks the earth is flat. And like, Homage makes a t-shirt. And... Yeah, absolutely. So um, definitely next year I'm going to be sitting there with like a notepad. Anything that's like remotely <laughs> weird, I'm just going to like run with an article and then just go with it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great podcast. Like RJ and Channing are funny. Like you don't get that. Like you don't really see that. Um, I don't know in their persona on the court necessarily. We kind of know about RJ, but less about Channing. Right. Um, and I love their little rivalry that they have with, uh, Dre Day as well. (laughs) Uh, that was great. Um, so I, I hope it continues. And like when I'm putting together like traits for, uh, (laughs) <laughs> for other players when I get out, bust out my NBA trade machine, I always think to myself, like, oh, man, I might have to, to break up the podcast to do this one to make the numbers work. And, like, that's, like, a legitimate thing that I think about. And it's like, oh, uh, yep, that one won't work. I can't get uh, – we can't get to Marcus Cousins. we got to keep the podcast. <laughs> so um, with Kyrie being in Boston, how confused do you think he's going to be the first time someone says they're from the globe? <laughs> um. Yeah, that was uh, that was something that someone tweeted like right away. Oh um, damn it! <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, and I, someone that's much smarter than me. See again, like an- another idea that I should have ran with and didn't. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like I can't wait. Like I hope that like Kyrie says, you know, I'm really thankful for all the Cavs fans around the globe. At some point, like that would be like peak <laughs> Kyrie. But yeah, I I think that that's going to come as a major shock for him for sure. Yeah. What what would it be for him? Would it be just like I would like to thank all of the Cavs fans across this plane? <laughs> I guess yeah. <laughs> you guys are asking the tough questions tonight. Like I don't. I mean, I, you we bring the heat. <laughs> you've left me straight speechless at least three times so far. And so. <laughs> Well, aren't you glad you came? In the worst way, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Well, Ben, 
before we let you go, you knew it was coming because, motherfucker, it is time to play Fanwagon. This is the part of the show where I remind you, the listener, that Garpax traded Jimmy Butler for FIBA god, Lori Markkinen. And that resulted in Tim, Sean, and myself rescinding and denouncing our Bulls livelihood and turning in our fan cards to the NBA gods. And so as we do these season previews, I have asked every guest for a reason. And your reason is easy, so I'm making it harder. What is the non-LeBron reason we should root for the Cavs this year? LeBron's going to leave after next year? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. The non-LeBron reason to root for the Cavs... Um, Cleveland is just such a uh, a great and unique place, and you know I think that Cleveland's on the upswing in a lot of ways, as far as you know the Browns are looking just a little bit better. You know you've literally got to go like brick by brick with them. Uh, the Indians are you know on the upswing as well, and like winning is contagious. I'm just telling you. So <laughs> ben, yeah. ben, I got to stop you for a second. I, I like what you're saying, however. I asked for a reason why to root for the Cavs, and you're telling me about the Indians. <laughs> yeah, um, so you might as well start selling me on the Miz and his intercontinental title reign. <laughs> that winning, even when LeBron leaves, is going to continue to be contagious. The Cavs are going to be good for a long time. Cleveland is great. Um, Tim can tell you that you know Cleveland's a lot of fun as a city. Come on down to East Fourth and hang out, watch some Cavs games. There's not a better atmosphere in the world. Cleveland fans, the Cavs fans, care like unnaturally more than probably a lot of your other fandoms do. Like we live and breathe. Like we were the original Jersey Burners. There it is. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> it's like the Ro- oh my god, I'm never gonna. Was gonna say, it's like the Romans being like we're the original crucifiers. Like oh god, no. <laughs> Again, but you know, there's number four of speechless. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. <sighs> well, Ben, we appreciate you coming on and letting us render you a mouth agape multiple times. Uh, before we wrap up, where can everyone across this flat earth find you? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at bbelden330 so that's b-b-e-l-d-e-n 330 just a kid from you know the 330 like LeBron James um, I'm, I'm doing a lot of stuff that was you were supposed to laugh at that Tim thank you I did laugh at um, it I, I heard you I heard you I was legitimately <laughs> thanking you um, and then uh, you know I've been doing a lot of writing for my website goldendomerdaily.com so um, if you're a Notre Dame fan, like Tim is, make sure you go over there and check us out. I did an episode um, of that. Yeah, you did. So, And it was a good one, too, and we're going to have to have you back on on that as well. But that's where you can find me. Well, thank you for joining us, because this has been 48 Minutes, your Cleveland Cavs preview. Again, check us out at 48minutesnetwork.com. Follow us on Twitter at 48minutesnetwork, network spelled without the vowels. And be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Write us a review. Tell me if I'm dumb or if I'm smart. Because like Ben, there are times where I sit there and see people's tweets and be like, I should have thought of that. And it makes me wonder if I am if I'm even remotely as smart as I thought I was. Leave it in a iTunes review of five stars. Just put <laughs> dumb or smart. We just need the reviews. 
And this is one way to mainly possibly get them. But we are on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play each and every week. Subscribe, 48minutesnetwork.com, 48minutesnetwork on Twitter, network spelled without the vowels, and as always, and forever, hail Hayward, and good night. <laughs>